Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. Brad, I had a, um, I got an email the other day from a, a longtime listener. No. Yeah. A long, by long time, I mean probably for the last few months. Wow. Uh, poor guy. How is my mom doing? She's wonderful. She said to say hello. Oh, wonderful. But this particular gentleman asked me uh, how I identify an investment theme. And so, you know, he, his, I think his point was like, hey, there's, um, you know, there's so many different ways to invest money. And how do you guys sort of, how do you think about uh, picking a theme or, or picking a, um, you know, something that will help you narrow down what you invest in? and to a kind of a reasonable list of actionable opportunities. So I thought that was a pretty interesting question. So I figured we could do a show on that today. What do you think? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So, yeah. And I, so the way I interpreted his question, and when he asked me, you know, how do you, how do you pick an investment theme? I just think of a theme, an investment theme, as just something that helps you narrow down sort of what's an infinite list of opportunities out there in the world into something that's sort of manageable, actionable, um, maybe a smaller target list and you can actually go off and, and actually make some investments. And that's, I mean, that's how I think about it. How do you think about a theme? Yeah, I think that's right. Because if you try to just say, oh, I'm going to go, you know, find investments or I'm going to put money to yeah, work. Yeah, I'm going to invest in alternative assets. Yeah. That's well, good. that's pretty broad. That's pretty broad. And you're probably not going to end up doing any deals because one, you're not going to become an expert on any of them because you're not going to go deep enough. And you're not going to be seen as somebody who's going to close on that deal, right? If you're talking about a company to buy or a real estate property to buy. It's a lot harder if you're not, you know, at least specializing or getting kind of focused on one or two or three types of investments. Yeah. And I, and I think the word theme is used pretty broadly. I mean, it can be a theme can be an asset class. It can be a business model. It can be a, a trend, a macro trend that's occurring in the economy that you think is interesting. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways there's so many different ways to kind of boil down the, the, the universe of opportunities to something manageable. You know yeah. what I mean? And it also helps you have kind of a contrarian viewpoint that will enable you to maybe close on a deal because you th see something or really believe in something that other investors are not looking at or thinking of. Yeah, true. So you, you, you end up getting like you cut through the bullshit, right? And you get into like a very, you know, if you spend enough time in an area, you start to get into the nuanced uh, differences, you know, the nuanced aspects of that particular asset class or that particular industry, you understand what's actually happening on the ground, what customers are thinking, you know, what's changing in that industry, like who has the power, you know what I mean? You start to get a really deep and nuanced understanding of that world. Completely. Like if you had a, a, a thesis that, uh, okay, the, the malls of America are all going to be redeveloped and they're going to be logistic centers for Amazon or showrooms for e-commerce companies or drone parks or drone parks right you have this thesis and you've done the research and you just believe passionately about this then all of a sudden you know that mall that looks to stress that nobody wants and and nobody's going to give a reasonable purchase price on you can actually come in and, and make it happen or even pay just a little bit more to win the deal because you're not buying it to be a mall you're buying it for the vision the future Right, this theme that you have. Yeah, you're you're seeing something else that other folks aren't seeing. So, yeah. you know, and so I'm in the private equity world, and I think in private equity, a lot of a lot of private equity firms will focus on a, a sector or an industry, if you want to call it that. So, you know, you'll they'll pick, um, you know, I don't know, software. Uh, software is really more of a tool, but they'll pick that, or they'll pick uh, healthcare. You know, and then they'll do investments in the healthcare. And healthcare is such a complicated industry, and so it really does require a lot of focus and a lot of expertise. So I see that a lot. 
Um, is that similar in real estate? Do you see firms kind of focus on particular areas? Yes and no. I, and I don't think you need to go just deep into one asset class, right? It, it helps uh, at times, but you can certainly you know, become knowledgeable about a certain type of asset. And as long as you, you know, know the fundamentals, you could do an office property and a retail property and an apartment building, right? Those all have similar kind of characteristics. Where I see some people get in trouble is when they try to do literally everything, right? They're an opportunistic investor. And not only will they do all those, but they'll, they'll do logistics centers and they'll do a mall and uh, an opera or a, a hotel, which is just an operating business. It's Okay, you know, so, so it's not even yeah. So build you know so properties that don't all share similar characteristics. Exactly, like okay. um, casinos and hotels. Th those are really operating businesses and hospitals, right? It's yeah. There's a real estate component to it, but there's a lot more. You know, a lot of other other things you have to get good at to make that investment work. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and you know, I think that's probably true in private equity too. Like there there will be firms that will do you know deals in m multiple sectors. Um, you know, but but they do focus, you know, maybe they maybe their theme is, hey, well, we're going to look at, uh, you know, lower mid market companies, the only companies that are doing it between 10 and 100 million dollars in revenue like that might be a focus. And and then within that, you know, they might have sort of individual themes that they're working on at any given time. Yeah. So, so let's go deeper on that. Like if you don't have kind of some kind of criteria that just even if it's a, a loose kind of criteria to help you just think about what deals you want to look at and want to buy. Then what, what do you do when somebody like a broker or uh, an intermediary, right, an investment banker comes to you and says, well, what, you know, what kind of deals are, are you guys looking for? Yeah, it's a, that's a good point. It's almost, you, you know, pe people need some, you know, you to sort of bound the problem for them in some way. So you, if you can't tell a, a broker or a banker, hey, like we're looking at companies between five and 50 million in revenue, they're business service, business, you know, business services in, in North America. If you just say, "Hey, look, we'll take anything," yeah. then, you know they don't take you seriously. You know they they it's almost too much. It's, you know they don't want to boil the ocean for you. Yeah, or they just be okay. Well, great, but they don't end up thinking about you or your company right, yeah, when right. they come across the deal. Good right? point. But if you had said, "Oh, I really want to do a uh, you know software business that that focuses on healthcare records," right? Well, there's not a ton of people. There's not you know 150 private equity firms trying to do that in the mid market. Yeah. So when that broker intermediary comes across a deal like that, you're going to be the first call. So that's a good point. So not only does a theme help you narrow down your own sort of list of investment opportunities to something that's manageable, but it helps differentiate you to the brokers and the bankers of the world when they're when they see deals and it helps you be top of mind. So, yeah, I, I like that. And it also let's go to the, the retail level. If you're going to be an, a limited partner in certain deals, right, you're you're a doctor, a lawyer. You know, investment banker, you have capital, you want to put it to work with the sponsor who we've talked about. And you don't, you also don't want to try to do every kind of private deal, right? Unless you just have unlimited capital, you want to try to pick a, a, either a couple of themes or a couple of asset classes that, that you can learn up on and get savvy versus just trying to, you know, do it all. Yeah. Yeah. No, good point. So, you know, for, so maybe we'll start off with kind of how I think about this. So, so I'd say, first of all, um, you know, I, a th a th when I pick a theme, or when I sort of go down the rat hole on a particular area, it has to resonate with me in some way. You know, there has to be some sort of like natural personal curiosity I have or else I find that I'm just kind of bored. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not going to get like super excited about, uh, 
you know, agricultural businesses or something. It's just not. You don't want to buy farmland. Farmland's a great investment. No knock on farmland. I'm sure there's some great investments out there. I just, I just particularly, I just not. I'm not interested in that. So I, I guess my point is. I find that for me to be really jazzed about something, I, I do have to have kind of a natural curiosity about yeah, because it. It can't that, just be academic. That helps you go deep on the investments, right? You get into the weeds. You don't get bored. You don't overlook things if you're very interested in it. So that's a natural screen right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably a good place to start. If you find it dreadfully boring or you just have no interest in it, it's probably not for you, right? Yeah, because I don't even I don't care if the numbers look great, right? If you hate it right you're, it's uninteresting and you know you're going to get bored with it what what's the point i mean <laughs> yeah. we're not just all doing this for you know simple um, numbers on a spreadsheet yeah yeah exactly I, you, and, I was, and i would say another high level filter is just how many how many opportunities or, or businesses or you know or, or investment opportunities are out there in the world right so you might you, you know you can't just be like look i am you know i am only going to look at uh uh, you know, I don't know, underwater basket weaving manufacturing businesses. It's just like, how many of those are there, right? There's, you know, I'm pretty sure there's none. Yeah, there's none. And that's going to be tough. <laughs> You're going to spin your wheels. Um, but, you know, you, you can't pick something that's so niche that, you know, there may be three businesses in the world doing this thing. And if there's not an opportunity in, in any, any of those three, then you're sort of, okay, you're back to the drawing board. So I think you need to have a reasonable, they need to be reasonably large, but they can't be too big, right? You can't, you can't just be like, oh, look, I want to look at, I want to look at real estate properties in North America. You're like, okay, well that's, that's yeah. too much. So, you know, in, in my day to day, I found that, I found that when we have anywhere from like a hundred to 500 sort of targets in this particular area, that, that, that looks, that's kind of interesting and that's pretty actionable. We can, so you're saying a hundred to 500 companies within a certain segment? Yeah. So we say, Hey, look, I love this type of business or this type of company. Hopefully there's at least a hundred of them out there, you know, hundred to 500. So you can say, you know, maybe maybe at any given time, only I don't know, only ten percent of them are for sale. So there's maybe ten to fifty that are for sale, and hopefully, you can convince one of them to sell to you. Yeah, and so this is interesting because you actually went through this process where you, as a search fund, have an infinite you know number of opportunities you could have gone for. You didn't like your investors didn't say, "Hey, you have to go to this you know segment," right? Yeah, we we did. We'd ha we and you know when we did when we went out we went out and raised money, we did have to sort of identify sectors or, or models that we found interesting. And, and again, that was sort of a signaling effort on our part to say, "Hey, look, we we have been thoughtful about this. Here's the kinds of businesses we think are interesting." Yeah. But we, you didn't sign it wasn't contractual. No, you had yeah, to buy a software. Company. We, yeah, we do have some freedom, but we did. You know, we pick software, so we think soft. We think software, and that's really you know call that a business model or a tool, whatever you want to call it. But even software is super broad, right? Because software touches every single industry out there in the world. And so uh, what we ended up doing is lately we've been really geeking out on supply chain software. So it's easy for you. <laughs> easy to be a geek. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've run a manufacturing business. And so I've sort of been I've touched the supply chain as a on the manufacturing side. And so for, and for whatever reason, I just find this industry fascinating. I love supply chain, you know, the manufacturers and distributors and distribution centers and 3PLs and trucking companies and ocean liners and retailers. I just think it's crazy how the world works and how all the product moves from point A to point B. So and there's a great thing because you actually <laughs> You know, know there there you have a tailwind, right? This is a growing industry. The you know, logistics is not going to go away anytime soon. Well, yeah. So I think that's another great point. Is ideally when you're thinking about a theme or a way to invest, I you know you do want to think about the macro trends out there in the world, right? And say, hey, hopefully you do have a tailwind. You know, hopefully 
hopefully it's not like you're uh, you're not buying taxi medallions when the when the ubers of the world are coming on strong <laughs> you know what i mean is that a cohen reference <laughs> yeah it could be yeah uh, but yeah, no, that's a good point. I think um, I think any theme should sort of ideally match up with with a with a tailwind in the in the macro environment. So I love the supply chain technology. I've been I've been riffing on that lately, and it's it's amazing how you know you can start pulling on this thread, and one person will introduce you to another person who will introduce you to another person, and pretty soon you start to get a pretty nuanced you know nuanced understanding of a particular industry then so and that's fun yeah so not only do you understand it better because you're going deeper and then you're getting access to the players in the industry but then you know there's luck is actually gonna end up happening right because you're talking to so many of these different people they know of owners that might want to sell right and then something's just going to come across your desk that wouldn't have otherwise if you were like oh i'm just going to go after every software business imaginable Right, exactly. In fact, that happened. That happened one time where you know I was I I reached out to an owner of a company and he wasn't for sale, but you know I I think my natural passion for his industry came through and he said, look, you know uh, you know we're not selling, but here's one I've heard of recently that is, and so you might want to reach out to this guy. And he even offered to make an intro. So yeah, good things happen. What about you? How do you think about themes? Um, what, what do you find interesting out there in the real estate world? Yeah. So if you're not just going to go and pick one segment within real estate and say, hey, I'm going to buy, you know. $2 million apartment buildings in North Carolina, right? That, that is a, that's a theme, right? You can just focus on that. Yeah. It's in your backyard. A bad right? theme. Not a, it's a great theme. Raleigh. Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, yeah. Raleigh, ooh, booming right now. That could be a little theme. I mean, it's not very broad or specific, rather. It's, you know, it's just you're buying apartment buildings in one location. But, you know, that that's a theme for some people. But if you wanted to do multiple deals within real estate, uh, but you still wanted to have a kind of, an overarching theme to your investment thesis, you could say, hey, I'm only going to buy properties that have sticky tenants, right? So this is a theme that I really like and, and want to... Sticky tenants. Yeah. So, okay. And yeah. you don't mean literally they're sticky. <laughs> yes, I, I want to buy, <laughs> buy buildings with candy tenants, you know, Just candy lots makers. of maple syrup. Yeah. So you buy buildings that have tenants that don't have a ton of options once they sign the lease, right? They, they get committed to the property, so to speak. Right. So this enables you to compound capital because you're not constantly reinvesting money back into the property uh, due to tenant turnover costs. Right. So an apartment building, you know, those things turn over 50 percent right every year. Right. You got to half, you know, your rent rolls new every two years. OK. So an apartment would not be sticky. tenants. would not be sticky. Oh, tenants. Interesting. Okay. An office building. Definitely not. Not, yeah. not sticky tenants. Those guys right? leave all the time. They can leave. As soon as their lease is up, a lot of those people are, are going on to the next one and they get brand new tenant improvement budgets, right? They, yeah, you got to paint the walls. You got to paint the walls. You got to do the build outs, the fancy glass that this startup wants, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're always having to reinvest in those kind of properties and you, you tend to only make the, your money when you sell the building because you've all along, you're not generating a lot of cash flow because you're, you're just kicking so much capital back into these properties. So a thesis that I like, once again, is is the concept of having committed tenants like uh, manufactured housing where the homes are not mobile, cost, you know, five to $10,000 to to move the home. So, you know, our tenants never leave. Yeah, okay, you know? so they own the home, but they're leasing the spot. Yeah, they're leasing the, the ground from us. And okay. so because that's so, you know, preventative and it's such a hassle to leave the property. Yeah, that's sticky. It's sticky. A lot of friction. Yeah, exactly. And okay. then another example would be a, a data center, right? You have uh, your tenant uh, 
is a server farm, right? And they have a ton of yeah. very expensive, yeah. very heavy. Oh, those things are heavy. Yeah. A lot of people are going to have to move this. Would be just a nightmare if you had to... <laughs> If you had to just uh, bring in the cranes and, and move all the you know the heavy equipment out, it's like the ultimate. You hope your friend doesn't call you to help you move his data center, right? <laughs> He's like, "Hey, I'm moving this weekend." You're like, "Wait, what do you do? Where do you live?" He's like, "What's my data center?" It's a good friend. Do you have a truck? <laughs> <laughs> Medical office, right? You know, the dentist uh, oh, okay. or the guy why is that? that has, why are they sticky? Well, because there's once again heavy equipment, a lot of equipment ah, okay. investment, like right? X-ray machines, X-ray machines, right? It's just and it's a, just a bummer, just to, kind of a pain, a move, all that stuff. Cell phone tower leases, right? You're not going to reconstruct the the cell phone tower, or maybe that location is very specific to the network, right? All these things, you know, the tenant's not going to leave over a five percent rent increase yeah i like that so yeah so your your theme is really around kind of almost the customer base and like the characteristics of those customers like that's that's interesting yeah and and not capital intensive right every year uh type of investment yeah that makes sense to me um yeah and you know it's funny because i think our theme and and my partnership with my my partner our our theme of software is, is similar um, and you know, this is sort of a re- related thing we look for, but we look for software that's sticky. We even, we use that word and we, we want sticky software. So great word. Um, yeah, you know, we want it to be very difficult to transition off of that software onto a competitor, right? So maybe, you know, your CRM that you've, uh, your customer relationship management software that you've have all, you know, you have thousands of contacts in there and you've, you've customized oh, that. Man to, you know, you've customized that for your, your own sort of native workflows for your Salesforce and, um, and everyone's, you know, your, your 50 sales reps are already using it and they know exactly how to use it. I mean, that's, that's being painful to swap that out. Oh, it hurts so much. Yeah. Versus, versus some software is actually not that painful to swap out. Right. So if, um, you know, if, if your, if your product is maybe just a, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a, a mortgage port point of sale portal, meaning like if you're a lender and your, uh, your clients can just kind of sign up for your, your lending via an online portal. Uh, that's actually not that sticky because you could swap out you could swap out providers and then you know your clients might not even know the difference. It looks similar. It's a similar portal. So yeah, we we look at that as well. Yeah, pot committed equals pricing power, right? Yeah. You any to me the definition of a, of a great business is one where you can you can raise the prices and the t- and the customers don't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. So I think okay. So I think I think what we're saying here is sort of similar is that you can, themes can be pretty varied you know in terms of how you think about it they can be industries they can be asset classes they can be macro trends they can be business models they can be characteristics of the customer but essentially it all sort of kind of comes down to like boiling down this massive universe of opportunities out there in the world and alternative investing into something that's kind of actionable and and reasonable and manageable right exactly yeah so go out there and find your theme and uh, then if you wouldn't mind just emailing brad and i (laughs) tell us tell us what you find interesting and then maybe uh maybe we'll add that to our list yeah might as well you can always have more themes keep us posted thanks for listening to the alternative investor since you made it this far you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list there you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments just visit the alternative investor show.com.